want to welcome all my healthy friends from around the world. This is George Batista, and this is Wellness Talk. I am your host and your wellness advocate. Wellness Talk is a show that goes over the latest in health and healing and nutrition. We take the mystery out of supplements, and we give you tools and tips that you can use to live a healthier life. Make sure that you like, share, and subscribe with all your friends and family so we can spread the word of health around the world. Many of you are doing that and many of you are supporting this show. So thank you so much for all the support, especially this past year, because it's been phenomenal and the growth has been phenomenal. So just keep doing it. Make sure you also go to georgebatista.com. That's where all the articles are and all that's kind of the home base of everything. So check that out because the articles are growing and growing every day and every week. So glad you guys could be with me and hope you guys have had a fantastic weekend. So this week, we're going to be talking about sleep and we're going to talk about exactly why it's so important. What are the tools you can use to get good sleep? And actually, there's brand new information where researchers have tried to nail down the ideal amount of sleep that you actually need per night. So we're going to go over that so you can kind of measure it against what you're doing and uh, see if it's ideal or not and see where you can improve. Then from Wellness Resources, we're going to be talking about how to uh, nourish your brain, especially if you have mental fatigue and the mental fatigue is getting the best of you, right? Because those of you who are working hard and have very stressful jobs or are focusing a lot, using a lot of computers and doing these types of things, sometimes it can really stress your mind, stress your brain, right? So we're going to talk about eight ways to nourish your brain and to kind of get you out of that mental fog. Very, very important stuff that is needed. Also, sleep is a part of this as well. Then again, from Wellness Resources, we're going to be talking about your glymphatic system. Some of you may have heard of it. Some of you may not. But this is your waste removal system. So again, this is all correlated with sleep and as well as making sure you keep your brain in, op as, you know, in optimal health. So the glymphatics, we're going to talk about that system, how it works, and how you can help it along and make, sh make sure that your brain is actually detoxing what it needs to. Then our nutrient spotlight for the week is going to be on the wellness resources stress helper. No, I'm sorry, sleep helper, not stress helper, sleep helper. I did stress helper actually a few episodes back, but it's going to be on sleep helper. And we're going to talk about what a great, great uh, product this is, what's in it, what's not in it, as always. And we're going to talk about how you can use it to get better rest and the combination of things that you can use uh, with that. So uh, very, very important stuff. And I think you'll find this of interest. So let's get started. All right. So first article, uh, this is by Joe Boland. Uh, and uh, this is researchers try to nail down the ideal amount of sleep. So sleep is such a huge thing. This is one of my big tools that I talk about when it comes to health, all right? You, you have to sleep. I know so many people, so many people who don't get enough sleep. And it's interesting because, you know, you, especially when you get to know them, uh, they could be family and there are people in my immediate circles in my family that or they go to sleep two or three o'clock in the morning on a regular basis. And they'll tell you, oh, yeah, I, you know, I, I get sleep, I get sleep. But then when you really actually talk to them and you get to know them and you kind of get to know their habits just, just through basic conversation, you realize they're not really getting optimal sleep. A lot of them are going to bed at one or two o'clock in the morning and they're waking up at, you know, five or six. And then they're extremely tired. I've had 
you know, people coming to my house and we're hanging out or whatever, and they're half asleep literally while I'm talking to them. And I'm like, okay, what is going on? Well, the point is they're not really getting enough sleep. It's basically, that's, that is what it is. So it's a huge issue, but also, and I've done shows on this in the past and you guys can make sure you check it out. That can lead to a lot of things, especially not clearing out of the plaque in the brain. And it can lead to all types of things, including eventually the onset of dementia, Alzheimer's disease, that type of thing. So you're, you're, you know, it's a big potential risk for those things. So these are things you have to really, uh, really, you know, clamp down on when it comes to health. So we're going to talk about a study that was done. This is brand new research, a 2022 study. It was published in Nature Aging. And it turns out that they were actually able to determine the recommended amount of sleep or the ideal recommended amount of sleep that people need for middle-aged people and older. Now, this is key because most of the folks that don't get enough sleep are usually middle-aged or older, right? Because we all know kids can sleep, especially teenagers. I have a teenager in my house and let me tell you, this girl can sleep. Okay. I didn't, it's, it's interesting because I didn't sleep the way she does when I was a teenager. And for me, it was only because I felt that if I slept, even on weekends, if I slept past nine o'clock, I felt that I was missing the day. But you know, my, my daughter can sleep right till noon. I mean, like with no problem. And, um, but you know, I know that when you're growing, obviously you do need a lot more sleep, right? Kids need a lot more sleep than adults do, but it's amazing how teenagers can sleep these days. Those of you who have teenagers, I'm sure you can, uh, you can attest to that. So let's talk a little bit about this uh, article. Again, brand new information on this. This was analyzing more than 500,000 participants in the UK biobank health study, ages 38 to 73. The researchers found that seven hours of sleep among this age group was ideal, was the ideal amount of sleep to support cognition and mental health. And here's why it's interesting. Because the data showed that participants who slept less than seven hours a night and those who slept more than the optimal amount, so those who slept more than, you know, let's say eight or nine hours per night, they seem to have more difficulty in learning and remembering new things, solving problems, making decisions, and paying attention. In addition, they reported experiencing more symptoms of depression, anxiety, along with worse overall well-being. So it looks like getting too little sleep is not good but getting too much sleep is not good either, right? So especially, again, we're looking at middle-aged and older adults. I know for myself, six and a half to seven hours for me seems to be the ideal time. Um, and that's just me. And my body, wake even on weekends, will wake me up, you know, very, very early for whatever reason. But um, but yeah, that that's good for me. Now, everybody's different, obviously. But I've noticed that if I get, a lot more sleep than I need, like let's say eight or nine hours, I actually feel more tired than normal. So it's very interesting how this works. But out of a quote out of this study, they said that we found a beneficial association with cognitive function and mental health with a sleep duration of approximately seven hours in the middle-aged to older adults. So seven hours seems to be the key that they found in this study, which is interesting. Now, while the results show that seven hours of sleep appears to be the sweet spot for optimal health and brain health, 
The researchers emphasize that the result, uh, results exhibit a nonlinear, non, uh, non-linear association, not necessarily a direct connection. Okay, so they're basically saying that it may not directly correlate, but it seems to be roundabout a good figure. And again, I mean, they normally say eight hours is is optimal. But again, not everybody exactly needs eight hours because everybody's different. But seems to be seven hours um, seems to be the, the the right thing here. So they also give some tips for better sleep. So I'll go though, I'll go over those really quick. Uh, obviously, they talk about you know the simple stuff that pretty much we all know, right? You know, foods and making sure you're eating good foods and not you know not eating before dinner. That's a huge one. That's a that's a big one. But things like calcium, magnesium, essential oil for sleep including bergamot and lavender, passion flower, valerian root. I've used that in the past. St. John's wort. Uh, you can try sleep meditations and you can also take melatonin. Uh, I take melatonin myself. Now, one of the things that I I have a disagreement with on in this article is uh, they say, you'll be careful not to take melatonin every night for a long period of time because research shows that taking too much melatonin can be risky. And this is why I have a disagreement with that because first of all, I've taken melatonin for years. I mean, I probably for a good 10 years, uh, my wife has taken melatonin. But if you really look at the work of Dr. Russell Ryder, he's a PhD and he's a world-class expert on melatonin. This guy has been, he, I mean, he knows melatonin inside and out. And he discusses some of the biological activities and health benefits of melatonin. He's actually written Six, 1,600 papers to his credit and has three honorary doctor uh, of medicine degrees. And he has published more studies on melatonin than anyone else alive. Think about that. He's published more studies on melatonin than anyone. He's 86 years old. He himself has said that he takes about a, about 80 milligrams of melatonin per night. And he's completely cognitively there. No issues. Okay. So and you have to understand, again, realize why melatonin is so powerful, okay? Because melatonin is one of the most important antioxidant molecules that you have in your body, right? It's, 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 people think of melatonin just for sleep, but it's not just for sleep. Melatonin, and there, more research is coming out on it, and he actually talks about it a lot. I definitely, you know, would, would recommend you check out his research. But he talks about the, um, how melatonin is an antioxidant how melatonin is actually in your mitochondria. You have mitochondrial melatonin, and then you have melatonin in your brain as, uh, secreted by the pineal gland. And um, it's, it, you know, in the human body, melatonin is not, is not only has independent direct antioxidant effects, but it also stimulates the synthesis of glutathione, okay, and other important antioxidants like superoxide dismutase and catalase. And you have to remember that as we age, the pineal gland and the mitochondria make less melatonin, okay? So it diminishes, especially when you get into your 40s and 50s. So, you know, uh, when you supplement with it, number one, it's going to help you sleep better. And number two, it's going to help to neutralize those free radicals. Now, you can say that you you do have to adjust a little bit because if you find that you are taking a lot, it can make you more tired as you get older. That's true. Or you can make you more tired as you get up in the morning, right? So you do have to adjust to it and see what your sweet spot for melatonin is. But just to say that, um, 
just to say that taking it too much can be harmful. That's the research just doesn't support that because there's there's tons and tons and tons of study out there that talks about the benefits of melatonin in many, many ways, even in cancer. They've talked about it even with cancer patients. So definitely look at melatonin as well. And again, adjust for yourself as far as what you need. Now, kids, I don't recommend taking melatonin because usually they don't need melatonin. Usually kids can make an abundance of melatonin. Again, why teenagers can sleep, you know, all night, all the way up till noon, right? So it helps them, you know, very much so. But other little things they talk about is exercising, adjusting your diet, and also blue light exposure. That's another thing you want to make sure that you are getting a handle on. Blue lights coming from your phones, blue lights coming from computers, and obviously the light from your television. Make sure your room is as dark as possible and try to adjust as far as making, you know, making sure you're not looking at those blue lights. A lot of people sit there or lay there in their um in their beds looking at their screens with the blue light hitting them. And that's actually uh, stopping the melatonin from working properly and actually damaging your eyes before, you know, which you don't want anyway. But um, so just some things to think about when you're looking at sleep. Sleep is the way you detoxify. Sleep is the way uh, you rejuvenate and everything repairs. So sleep is extremely important. So good research on this. Uh, seven hours of sleep seems to be the sweet spot for the folk, for these folks. I'm sure there's going to be more and more research on this, but this is a good start for that. Okay, next. From Wellness Resources, mental fatigue getting the best of you, nourish your brain. Okay, so this is a great article on this, and there's recent findings that shed more light into why our brain feels fatigue or hurts after a long period of high demand and mental tasks. So again, this is this is when you're doing those really high demand focused tasks. Let's say you're working and you're on the computer and you're so focused and things start getting fuzzy. Your brain starts getting tired. It happens. You know, you have to remember your eyes get tired, your brain gets tired, all that stuff happens. So there was a recent study. Again, this is brand new information on this published in the August two, uh, 2022 current. Uh, it's called the current biology and a scientist evaluated healthy adults on simulated work tasks. One group was involved with intense concentration, decision-making, and cognitive work, while the other group had easier jobs to perform. Magnetic resonance uh, spectroscopy was used to measure the brain metabolites to see function. So at the end of the work period, the group required to work harder was found to have higher glutamate levels in the region of the brain involved with cognitive skills. It was also found that as individuals experienced fatigue, more neurons were recruited to keep up with the work demands, resulting in decreased efficiency and more oxidative stress. And there was another test of cognitive reasoning and measure control was given at the end of the, uh, at the, end of the study. And participants were given choices for gratification, rewards, benefit, rewards slash benefits to measure uh, executive control function with high fatigue levels. Participants could receive a low-cost reward immediately or wait and receive more expensive reward later. So this is this was the results of that part. Results showed that fatigued individuals with high brain glutamate levels chose instant gratification with low-cost rewards rather than waiting for smarter choices with high economic re rewards, reflecting less executive control over economical decision-making. So what they're saying is that people just chose 
the quick and easy thing without actually thinking through what they could gain, even if it was better for them, you know, in, in waiting, the, they're saying that the actual fatigue of their brain and the high levels of glutamate in their brain actually made them or helped with making them just making a quick decision right there and choosing something that was not as, as economically beneficial to them as the other choice. So a couple of things that came out of that. So let's talk a little bit about glutamate because why are glutamates, uh, well, what is glutamate in your brain, first of all, and what does it do and why is it high, right? So glutamate is, it's an excitatory neurotransmitter and amino acid made in your brain and in your gut. So what they're seeing is that the higher the glutamate levels, the more people were, their brain was excited, right? The more hyper excited their brain was uh, and the more stressed their brain was basically. Now you have to understand that glutamate is balanced by something called GABA in the brain, right? So GABA is the opposite neurotransmitter in your brain. It's the primary relaxant neurotransmitter. So now you need glutamate to maintain wakefulness. So it's a part of your brain. It's a normal part of your brain. It helps you focus. It helps you be on high alert, right? It helps, and it's involved in the information transfer in different parts of your brains and the neurons. And, you know, it's involved with calcium movement and cell signaling and receptor site function and all these things. So glutamate does have a place in your brain. The problem is that when glutamate gets into excess uh, and there's imbalances in the brain, it's linked to mood, you know, very stressful mood, micro, uh, microglial cell and neuroinflammation, um, hearing loss, neurodegenerative changes and imbalances overall and stress brain, uh, stressed brain mitochondria. So you want that glutamate in a normal level, but not at a very, very high level. And they found that people who were very, very stressed had very high levels of glutamate. Okay. So, you know, this is one of those things that you really have to try to balance again, when you're hyper-focused on something. And again, we've all done it, whether you're a student, you know, in college writing a paper and you're just doing it for nonstop and your brain is working or when you're working a job and you're, you know, in front of that computer, whatever it is that you're doing, or you you, you find that you're just going and you're going, and you're going, but it does tax the brain. Okay. This is why you have to take frequent breaks in my opinion. Okay. So let's go over eight steps to keep your brain engaged in the game, but avoid brain drain. Okay. So the first step would be meals. Okay. So breakfast is the most important meal of the day and you've heard it. And I, for me, that's absolutely true. So don't skip breakfast. And a lot of people go right through breakfast and maybe get their lunch when they can during their work cycle. But I always suggest have breakfast in the morning, hopefully a breakfast containing protein, uh, consume at least 15 to 30 grams of protein with complex unrefined carbohydrates, good fats, and one to two servings of fruits and vegetables with, with each meal. Okay. So you want this, you want good, good fats, you want good proteins and good vegetables with each meal. This is going to help to nourish your brain and keep you moving. Right. Uh, also part of this is staying hydrated. Okay. Even mild dehydration affects the energetic demands of your brain. So consume at least six to eight uh, ounces of glasses of water a day regularly. Hydration is huge. Now, if you're drinking coffee, right? Again, we know a lot of people that drink two, three, four cups of coffee a day. Keep in mind that coffee is a diuretic. So coffee is going to drain the water out of you. So you want to you want to offset that by drinking as much water as you can to try to offset that. Because again, 
drinking a lot of coffee and being dehydrated can also lead to brain drain, especially if you're working a lot. A lot of people are working eight, nine, 10 hours a day and coffee is their main drink. So just some tips here, you know, um, you know, to, to keep those things in mind when you're doing that, right? Number two, and this is what I was talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, take rest breaks. Okay. So schedule breaks and rest, you know, at different times of the day, take, you know, take a few minutes every hour if possible, if you're working, balance your day with other mental activities, take a, you know, take breaks, uh, taking breaks help to relieve not only your eyes, if you're staring at computers all day, but also with your focus. Okay. And also breathe, exercise if you can, stretch, stretch around, you know, stretch your body, walk around a little bit. If you can go outside, maybe walk around the block at least once. This will all help you kind of focus and keep put you back in present time and kind of, you know, get that fuzziness out of your brain. Number three, address underlying energy drainers. Okay, so key nutrients, <clears throat> if you're deficient in uh, nutrition, Okay, there are key nutrients that you need to make sure that you have on board as far as, you know, having enough nutrition to keep you going. All right. So we've got B12, folate, zinc, copper, magnesium, potassium, vitamin C. Okay. All the B vitamins, these nutrients are all needed by the nerves and the mitochondria. Okay. To make energy and to help with neurotransmitters in your brain. Okay. So make sure you, you know, multivitamin, as I always say, is great for that. So making sure you're taking a multivitamin and getting that nutrition. Number four, sleep quality. We've talked about sleep. Your brain relies on adequate sleep to maintain the glymphatic system or your house cleaning system, which we're going to talk about in a couple of minutes. But don't cut corners with sleep, making sure you're getting a good sleep cycle, sleeping at the same time every evening, if, if at all possible. Because remember, your, your brain and your body run on circadian rhythms. There's a rhythm to sleeping. So you want to make sure that you train your body, that you sleep at the exact time, get up at the same time. And, you know, the more you do that, the better your body will respond. <clears throat> Number five, GABA support. Healthy gut microbiome naturally supports GABA production. So again, we talked about GABA, which is the, <clears throat> the relaxant of your brain, but it also helps your brain kind of settle down. And there's a lot of things you can take that help uh, to, for GABA support. So spinach, mushroom, buckwheat, uh, oat, uh, barley, rice, sweet potatoes, wild celery, wi um, white tea, and black raspberry juice, all these type of things, sprouted stuff, all helps with GABA and GABA receptors in your brain. So check that out. And again, things to help you calm down, ashwagandha, lavender, chamomile, lemon balm, taurine, and theanine, especially if um, you have uh, Theanine from green tea naturally interacts with GABA receptor sites to support relaxation in your brain. <clears throat> Number six, antioxidant support with your brain. This is, this is you know, what we always talk about, making sure you're having enough antioxidants because you need antioxidants to support any inflammation that you've gone to. So eight to nine servings of vegetables and fruits per day is optimal. And top choices for antioxidants from wellness resources, brain protector, Physitin, daily DHA, uh, daily super E, and, uh, astaxanthin, grapeseed extract, and uh, all types of adaptogens like uh, rhodiola and uh, herbal adaptogens, stuff like that. So very, very important stuff to check it out. Now, number seven, glutamate. Now, consider reducing intakes 
of foods rich in glutamate. So those foods would be things like a lot of Chinese food, which contains monosodium glutamate, right? But other things like, uh, you know, chips and uh, dried cod and fermented beans and and <clears throat> different things like uh, certain seafoods and, and stuff like that. And uh, lots of meats, Though all these things contain these uh, naturally incurring glutamate. So you want to try to limit some of those if you feel that your brain is hyper excited. Okay. Number eight, grocery shopping, making sure that you are, you're uh, shopping and getting the best food you can. Do not go shopping when you are hungry. This is one of the big tips here. Why? Because you tend to make more impulsive uh, buying purchases when you are hungry and, you know, when you are shopping while you're hungry. Okay. So, you know, try not to do that when you're hungry because it's, it, it could lead to disaster. And then you realize, holy cow, my, my, um, my cart is filled with things that I really shouldn't have bought. Right. So just some tips for you guys to make sure you nourish your brain as best as you can, but, uh, you know, and, and just try to avoid mental fatigue. And again, eyes play a big part of that. So making sure you're taking breaks, making sure that you are, you know, looking at other things instead of the computer all the time and make sure you're looking at things in a distance to help refocus your eyes. Just a lot of little things, but breaks is huge on this because uh, mental fatigue can be a problem and um, it can, again, stop the sleep cycle and go on from there. All right, next, again, from Wellness Resources, we're going to talk about the glymphatics, keeping your brain's waste removal system healthy. So what are the glymphatics? So first of all, take, let's take a look at the brain, right? So the brain takes up the, it takes up nearly 2% of the total body mass, but it is responsible for 25% of total metabolism in your body. Okay. So it's 2% 2 of mass, but 25% of total body metabolism. The brain requires a lot of energy to work. Okay. So you have what's called a glymphatic system, which is your brain's removal uh, of trash, basically. And the glymphatic system is a network of vessels that, that clears the waste from your central nervous system, mostly during your sleep time. This is why it's important for you to get good sleep, okay? It's kind of like your cleanup system. So, you know, when you have a brain overloaded with trash, basically, or, you know, and, and it, you, you end up with a compromised glymphatic uh, system, and clearance of waste is a problem. So this is where you start to, you know, when you're waking up in the morning and you're feeling foggy or you're not feeling focused, you probably haven't, you know, cleaned out well at all, okay? So there was a recent study published in April 2018 that identified that in healthy adults, even one night of sleep deprivation has been shown to increase trash levels in the brain leading to glymphatic congestion. And significant increase in amyloid beta burden in the right hippocampus and thalamus after only one night missed sleep. So think about that, okay? We all know that amyloid beta is one of the things that's implicated in Alzheimer's disease. So they found there was an increase in amyloid beta in the hippocampus and the thalamus after just one night's sleep. Now think about that if you do that over months and years, right? You're not getting enough sleep. And all this stuff is accumulating. You're not allowing your body to take out the trash. That's basically what it is. Try, think about if your, your house, if your trash was piling up. Well, the same thing happens in your brain and your body. It's not just your brain, your whole entire body. But your brain is extremely important. 
And the study revealed that the, uh, that genetic risk did not affect the results. So there was no issue with genetic risk here. So, you know, if you had a genetic predisposition from your family members, that wasn't take, that was actually not even part of this. So this is huge. So let's talk about eye health and glymphatics. The optic nerve in the eye is an extension of the central nervous system. We talked about the nervous system in the last show. And scientists have discovered that glymphatic function helps cerebral spinal fluid bathe the optic, the optic nerve and is essential to waste movement. Okay, So the glymphatic system works together to help to lubricate the optic, the optic nerve for, you know, for uh, waste removal and waste movement. This is how you clean out your, not only your brain, but your eyes as well. Huge. This is huge. So, you know, obviously what's going to hurt the glymphatic system diets in heavy refined sugars, salts, processed foods, poor, poor uh, animal quality uh, proteins, right? Uh, lots of stress, that type of thing. All that is going to affect the lymphatic system. So how can we help the lymphatic system? So Let's look at nutritional support. Magnesium glycinate. These are the top choices. Calcium, theanine, lemon balm. Again, these are some of the choices that we talked about before. Taurine, melatonin again, and other nutrients. They help to support the sleep quality and help to improve sleep quality in general. Um, there's also the majority of, of glymphatic function and trash cleaning occurred during sleep. So your brain is constantly working to keep these things moving, right? So, and you have to remember that just because you're sleeping doesn't mean that there's not things going on. Musculoskeletal, musculoskeletal care through spinal manipulation provides structural and functional support for glymphatic flow. So if you go to a chiropractor and a chiropractor is adjusting you, I always recommend a chiropractor. I go to a chiropractor myself, especially because of my spinal issues. Going to a chiropractor is great for helping to kind of loosen up a lot of the glymphatic flow and to kind of get the trash moving as well. Uh, so make sure if you if you guys, you know, want to go to a chiropractor, I would definitely suggest it, especially if you're having headaches. Lots of headaches are a sign of this as well. Um, neck problems and back problems, obviously. So uh, check out a good chiropractor because they can help. Body positioning when you sleep. That's another thing. Animal studies show that sleeping on your side provides the most efficient method of brain waste removal. Researchers speculate that sleeping on your side may provide the best body posture for humans in removing amyloid beta plaque. Again, what can contribute to dementia and Alzheimer's. Um, glymphatics and nutrition. Science is currently exploring nutrition and glymphatic function. The nutrients curcumin, DHA, and zinc have the current spotlight for healthy glymphatic function. And also uh, grapeseed extract, they looked at. Glutathione, tocotrienols resveratrol, blueberry, and other nutrients also help to boost the antioxidants in the brain to help decrease inflammation and help the lymphatic system move, okay? So this is huge. Omega-3 oils, very, 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 very uh, important for the brain. So make sure you're getting your DHA, whether it's in pill form, eating lots of fatty fish, or you're getting it from your uh, from your flax, let's say your flax powder, whatever it is, making sure you're getting enough DHA, extremely important. So again, the glymphatic system, extremely important for this, uh, making sure that you are getting enough sleep overall. Um, um, this is going to be key to optimal health. I guarantee you this because a lot of people who do not sleep are not healthy. I can tell you that right now, especially again, 
a lot of people I know who struggle with this problem. So uh, we're going to go into our um, nutrient spotlight for this week, and it's going to be on Wellness Resources Sleep Helper. So Sleep Helper is a fantastic supplement, and uh, we're going to talk about why Sleep Helper Sleep Helper is so good. So Sleep Helper is a combination of nutrients designed to help your nerves tolerate stress more efficiently, in turn helping you sleep better, okay? So it can be taken at bed to assist you in sleep because it can also be taken during the day. So just because it says sleep helper doesn't mean that you have to use it during sleep, right? It can help you calm nerves, especially, again, if you are a stressed out person at work. It can help take the edge off of, you know, during stressful feelings and that type of thing. It's a highly uh, synergetic, bl synergistic blend of nutrients, and it... Um, it can be taken with a lot of other different nutrients as well, but it has nutrients like L-theanine and taurine, okay, which is great to help calm the body in general, but it's a great, great supplement. So check it out, Sleep Helper. It's great for wear and tear, great for sleep, and great for calming you. That, again, it can be used with uh, melatonin. It can be used with Relax Mag, and it could be used with Trical. Many of the supplements that Wellness Resources uses in combination with those things to help you not only be calm, but sleep better. So check it out. Again, that's Sleep Helper. Make sure you go to myvitaminresource.com and check out those supplements. And by the way, if you put in counterparts as the uh, as the coupon code there, you will get free shipping on order, all orders. So don't forget that. All right. So that's what we got for you this week. Thank you for joining me. Hope you guys have a great week. Make sure you take care of yourselves and each other. And as always, don't forget, control your health. Take care.